0: Hello, everyone. This is Greg, your host of Goddamn GameCube. Welcome to Season 3. If you enjoy listening to our show, consider subscribing to us on YouTube for exclusive video content. Thank you and enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Goddamn GameCube. Greg and Beppi are your hosts today, and we are going to be talking about the Metro Trilogy. Um, I'm kind of excited to talk about this one. A game, you know, I didn't think we would be talking about, a, a franchise I wasn't sure if we were going to cover. Um, we have our friend Nick Monahan is here with us as well. Thank you for joining us, Nick. How Absolutely. are you? Absolutely. Uh, I'm fantastic. It's great to be back.
1: Thank you for joining us. Uh, Beppe, why don't you take it? Let's go for it. Yes, for sure. Um, Pretty funny because um, this series, I I frequently saw it in like the bargain bin at Walmart. Yeah. So I never knew like, I'm like, is this good? Is this like, why is this always like so, so cheap or affordable, I should say. Um, But as it turns out, it's actually quite good. Um, This was a a Game Pass find for me, I believe. Yeah. And it's based on a book series, which Nick and I have now completed. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have not. Um, I just wanted to establish how they kind of line up really quick. So 2033 is the first game, and it more or less follows the first book, if I remember correctly. The game adds a lot more kind of twists and turns and some interesting stuff that happens, which is pretty cool. There's a lot more violence in the game too, because it's a video yeah. game. Yes, for <laughs> sure. I think our team
2: kills one person in the course of 2033.
1: Yeah. Book. Yeah. <laughs> 34 is kind of um, a side story, interestingly enough, um, about a, a character called Homer. And uh, just, it's, it's a lot of like world building and just kind of background stuff going on in the, the stations and then 2035 pretty much serves as the inspiration for the beginning of the third game. Okay. And that's where kind of the overlap begins and ends. And it's pretty interesting that, I mean, um, the author, uh, Glukowski, uh, he um, supervised the story for all of them, I believe. But th- it's kind of interesting that it took, the story took on a life of its own that way. Do you have any, uh, Nick, do you have any um, kind of. Besides the the ultra violence in the first one <laughs> compared to the first book, do you have any comments about the comparing the books to the games?
2: Um, the
1: the books are a lot
2: more uh, well a depressing, uh, sure. especially twenty thirty five. Our, our team gets the literal and metaphorical shit kicked out of them in in twenty thirty five, especially. Um, but they are um, yeah very very like you know Russian apocalypse style uh very
1: very bleak very bleak worldview
2: but there are like glimmers of hope in there and there's just some really interesting philosophical things that it grapples with
1: some cool imagery Um, descriptions yeah
2: there's not a lot of action in them it's um very much concerned with the world building and kind of just telling this story and telling these characters and creating this world under under moscow absolutely um, but uh, other than that I mean there's characters that are established in the books that are in the games like uh, Colonel Miller and Anna and uh, most of the Rangers are represented in some way
1: yep um, and they're I believe they're they're just called stalkers in the books right um, the mostly Rangers? the
2: Rangers are a very specific small set of, of soldiers that are kind of um, they're apolitical that's right. kind of their whole thing is that they they are not allied with any one organization although you find out, But that's not quite the case. I I was trying to explain
1: to Nick, your brother, Nick, Mm -hmm. um, about how they're kind of like the the Game of Thrones, Night's Watch kind of like neutral party, like just just kind of keeping an eye. We should probably get into the premise of this this trilogy. Um, It is post apocalyptic Russia. Um, It's uh, I, I can't remember how long after. Is it twenty years in the
2: game's fiction? It was 2013 when the nuclear war happened. It's Mm -hmm. been twenty years,
1: right? Mm -hmm. And um, everyone is living in uh, the metro tunnels, um, and it's kind of they give a lot of character and kind of uh, there's factions that develop along the different stations. Different they control different subsets. Um, They they just it's a very kind of involved world for having so few. Like games and books, like it's very well developed, yeah. well thought out.
2: And Dmitry Glukovsky as well has been very, very supportive of the fan community, and he has essentially canonized a lot of fan fiction. That's right. Um, that has written about like what's going on in other parts of the world, because it's not just the Moscow Metro that has uh, human survivors. There's there's people all over the place in different metros, bunkers, other places. Um, the fan right. fiction is quite extensive, and a lot of it has been canonized by Glukovsky.
1: Yeah. So um, we're pretty much just going to do um, all three games in this episode we're going to dedicate a certain amount of time to each of them Um, starting with the first one as you would I honestly I wasn't sure I was actually just showing uh, your brother Nick again I was showing him a little bit of the beginning of the first one and I wasn't sure about it because it kind of it's it's basically one of those flash forward beginnings where it shows you the end of the story and I was like What's going on? Mm -hmm. Like, what? Where am I? What am I doing? But pretty soon after, it kind of it's like eight days earlier, and I think I was re-examining this, like this the narrative of this game. It's such a brilliant like hero's journey kind of thing where you live in this station, and um, your your adopted father, um, his his best buddy, comes back. And uh, essentially gives you your quest in terms of, like, he belongs to the Rangers, this elite organization, and he's going to go investigate something. And he says, if I don't come back, then you have to come and and warn them or whatever. It's just a a fantastic premise. It starts, like, very simple. Um, And not only that, but it hits all those beats that, like, you would expect to see and and in like a Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or something like that where the young uh, protagonist is going to go off on his own and it your character develops through these experiences in a very believable and well-paced way so I wanted to kind of explore some of those especially when it comes to the first game in terms of how you're very like like incapable at first and you're getting into trouble a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you guys have any early memories of that part of the game? Because I was going to point out that the first kind of settlement That you go to, you can get robbed by a prostitute. (laughs) 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 I don't remember that. It's it's just like it's an it's an optional thing that can happen if you if you uh, because they their currency in this series is uh, cartridges, um, like like uh, military grade weapons cartridges, which is I thought it was fascinating, and that's
2: a change from the novels too, because in the novels it's just ammo. Like any ammo, Mm -hmm. which made it so that, like, if you spent, say, an AK magazine for food that's 30 rounds you don't have to shoot at stuff. Mm-hmm. It makes Whereas more than sense than, this, than bottle there's caps. There's, I gotta yeah, get it yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, what, well, because it takes something that is directly useful rather than something that only has value because sure. somebody as it does. I've seen
1: a lot of people theorize about, like, if the world ends, what are we going to use for currency? Beppe, like, what did you say off
0: mic a couple, Bert, like, before we started recording this, what is Metro to you? You called it, like, if, if Fallout had, like, Had, had more integrity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. It, it's,
1: it's more relevant now than it was a while ago, but... I just think nobody does
2: post-apocalyptic
1: fiction better than the the, the Russians I mean, <laughs> yeah mean they,
0: they they know
1: they know all about <laughs> I mean it. I yes. was gonna
0: say like a quick point on like the you use bullets as money mechanic mm-hmm. as far as I remember from the first game I I'm not trying to like uh, like uh, make smaller how cool that was I just never did it like I always felt like the the worst bullets that you could not use as money were fine. I never shot money at enemies. I always used it as money. Now, did sure you guys you, ever?
2: Could, could you? Yeah, couldn't yeah. you? Couldn't you? If sh- you shot, the, so in that game, they delineated the military-grade ammunition was it was more powerful and it would set people on fire. Yeah, <laughs> which was which was really silly. Um, just so you know, standard-issue military ammunition does not set people on fire. But um, uh, yeah, so it was. Um, The 2033, the, uh, the original, um, before the redux, I believe had a lot less, um, ammunition overall, especially if you played the other difficulties, Mm -hmm. um, like the Ranger, um, and Ranger hardcore and stuff like that. Um, so that became a lot more, um, you had to think about it a little more. And also there's a point of no return where there's like the last merchant, And so it's like you either just spend all your military grade ammo there because at that point it's just going to become better ammo. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's not money anymore. Yeah.
1: And I did think I was something else is that there's a lot of cool kind of like weapons in these games that they clearly made themselves. And Mm -hmm. it looks awesome. Um, Very kind of rustic. There's those pneumatic ones later on. Yeah. it's just a lot of like just non-verbal world building, um, but again, like like in that first kind of settlement, you meet like the shady contact who gets you into some trouble. Um, Bourbon, I think. Yeah, name is? yeah, yeah. Bourbon's one of my favorite just like side
2: characters in anything.
1: Yeah, he's he's great, and and he kind of gets you it's it's kind of it kicks the training wheels off little by little and like okay well now you're you're starting out and you're with your your civilization and then you kind of go off on your own and meet some some wholesome people and then some not so wholesome people and then you're you're in the shit before you know it mm-hmm. um i thought it was really like one of my favorite characters was khan um introduced in this game kind of a spiritual guy who 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 guides you through certain sections of the game and, did you how did you guys feel about the more sort of supernatural elements of this series you're talking
0: about the dark ones and that sort of
1: stuff like uh the ghosts or the memories like the darkness that okay kind of thing. I
0: actually had some um some notes written down about that when I first played Metro 23 2033 that was the part of the game that actually confused me a little because mm-hmm. maybe you guys can explain it a little better also you guys read the books I didn't I'm assuming all the supernatural psychic stuff is in the books. Yes. Yeah. Even
2: more so, honestly. Okay. Yeah.
0: Like what kind of I'm not saying it turned me off. I just I was a little confused by like I they kind of explain it later, but like, does does Artium have these psychic visions? Can other can other characters see them? Is it just in your brain? Are they what, actually physical? I, I didn't understand.
1: I think I think uh some of the implication is that these happen in radiation hotspots. Yeah, okay. And some of it is is your perception altered. Some of it is like, is there lingering energy? Like, you there's a ghost train mm-hmm. and a ghost like plane crash at one point, yeah. I believe. And it's kind of, are you, is your perception more heightened? Are you more aware of what happened there, or is your mind like fucked by the radiation? Sure. <laughs> there's actually a really
2: cool thing, and my the books. In terms of lore, the books and the games have kind of dovetailed in my brain now. So I apologize if I don't remember which one it's from. It's easy to But it is heavily implied in the lore in general that the nuclear war was so devastating that uh, heaven and hell no longer exist. Okay. (laughs) And so all of the souls that should be there are now just existing in the world. Ah, Okay. And that is part of the supernatural elements. In the book, and I forget if... They don't really explain it in the game, but in the book also... There is like a, a, a psychic bioweapon under the Kremlin that yes. if you if you look at the Kremlin towers outside for too long, you will basically be mind controlled to go there and be killed by this bioweapon.
1: That's so cool.
2: Wow. You will like literally just kind of snap and just
1: be there all of a sudden. They, they and describe die. it um, in in, uh, in the it's book and, and it's pretty scary. And there's something similar in uh, D6 in the game. Yes. Uh, which is pretty pretty bizarre. But I did want to before we get too far around the halfway point you are, um Sneaking through as I mentioned there's different there's different uh, factions warring for control of the metro and my favorite part of this first game is when you have to sneak by both lines on like a bridge underground it's so 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 intense because the you're sneaking past the red line the communists and the Nazis are on the other side of the bridge and you have to make it by both of them um ideally undetected. But there's I an achievement for getting through yeah. without
2: killing anybody or alerting anybody and I fucking got it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> I so insane. On to my br- first try.
0: I did want to bring up, I think it's a good time. Something that surprised me about Metro uh, 2033 in terms of the gameplay, I didn't realize how much of a stealth game it was going to be, especially in these set pieces where you, uh, like you were just describing, it, it's, it's ideal if you go through undetected by both sides. Because mm-hmm. uh, we'll probably talk about it, but there's a big aspect of morality in this game that's actually hidden. There are no, like, uh, morality meters, or there isn't any karma, like, Fallout, but there is, but it's yeah. all... There's no... um there's no like graphic interface for it. it. Doesn't tell you you have Paragon or Renegade points, yeah. but it does exist. There's I, just
2: a little. There's one indicator, and it's like it's like a water drop noise and like yes. a little flash on the screen. Yeah, uh, and that that tells you that you've done like a moral choice.
1: Okay, yeah. um, interesting.
2: But there's no indicator if you've done something bad. Maybe
1: yeah. like my my one kind of gripe with with all three of the games is how the morality system is handled one way or another, because it's it's very subtle, and it's. You get moral points for like watching circus acts and stuff. Yeah, well, because I not necessarily doing good deeds. I
2: think well, I think Exodus does it the best out of the three, and I'll tell you why when we get to that game, uh, for me specifically. But I think in general, it's it's not so much a like a Bioware, and I don't want to pick on Bioware, but like Bioware is famous for their sort of binary moral choice systems and everything, and their karma systems and metro isn't so much concerned with like good or evil it's more concerned with like your humanity i was
0: about to say it's like humanism yeah, yeah. so
2: like if you're engaging with the social thing, so like you watch a show at one of the you know one of the more lively stations or you you encounter a non-hostile but sort of like aggressive mutant that's like protecting its den or its young or something mm-hmm. if you don't engage it and you move away you'll get a point because it's like you don't need you to kill need this to thing this, yeah. yeah um and yeah you know and then of course just don't stealth kill enemies that haven't seen you and stuff like that um so i it, it's more just kind of like gauging your humanity and i well, there is one thing um that i uh, like about these games in general and this ties into it though with this morality system is that almost everything in this series is diegetic
1: yes
0: and what
2: i mean by that is that you are being judged buy something rather than just like the developers just put this in there. Yes. Because the dark ones are watching you, especially more in, in last light. Yeah. But like there is a sort of, you do feel like you're being judged by someone or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but it's also just kind of like the karmic, there's
1: actually a system of karma and with the supernatural elements of the game, it feels like it works. I would, I, maybe we should just mention that, that, uh, early on the dark ones are introduced. Um, how would you like describe these creatures?
0: I was going to say that it's kind of leading into what confused me and maybe you guys can clear it up a little bit. It's Mm -hmm. also been, it's been a while since my first playthrough. I'm trying to really remember my initial experience. What I brought it up a little before, what I did not understand is when this stuff is introduced, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, um, when you get towards the end of the game, there's sort of uh, a mission where you're supposed to uh, blow them up or destroy a Dark One's den, yeah. but that made me pause. I'm like, so are they not psychic? Are they a physical being that you can blow up? Yes. Do other people see them? Can yep. you touch them? I don't understand. I mean, do you want me to just kind of like tell you
2: what their yeah, deal is? Yeah, you might yeah. as well. So their deal is that uh, the the reason that R.T.M. could interact with them in a meaningful way yeah. is because he had an encounter with them as a child. Yeah, yeah they uh, saved him from, yeah. from the rats. Yes. Um, so when he was a child, not too long after everybody hunkered in the metro, um, because he was alive um, when, when it happened. He was a baby, but he mm-hmm. was alive when it happened. Um, so when he was a young child, he was playing near one of the airlocks that goes to the surface, and a dark one saved him and kind of like psychically linked with him. Mm-hmm. And so he is able to actually interact with them. Um, the, so the Dark Ones, they don't speak. They, they communicate telepathically. But what's happening is that whenever they try to telepathically communicate with a human, it kills them because most humans can't handle it. Ah. And so humans interpret that as an attack. And so that the entire game, the imp- entire premise of Twenty Thirty Three is the Rangers are trying to kill the Dark Ones because they think they're trying it's, to it's invade. It's just
1: like based on a misunderstanding. But they're really just yeah. trying to make contact. They're it's trying just... to make
2: contact because what it is is they're actually the next evolution of humanity. Oh yeah. Okay. They're like the next
1: evolution of, uh, of
0: us. Yeah. Okay.
2: And they're trying to make peace. Um, pretty... I also
0: didn't expect that from this game either. When it get, yeah. v- gets very supernatural. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was going to happen either. So
2: the dark ones are physical beings,
0: okay. and it's
1: very trippy um, when you get into that. Um, I didn't want to quite get into the end game just yet because I wanted to bring up the librarians. Yeah, yes. and um, there's a great part where you have to go into their national library or whatever and um, find uh, plans for uh, the nuclear or launch system yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and the librarians are mentioned in the book too, and they're they're just these horrifying giant beasts that lurk in the library it's like the just, big, are
0: those the big monkey guys is that what you're talking about am I it, wrong s- those are the guys uh, sort of the
1: uh they're they're just kind of they're kind of fallouty okay like, like um just big mutants okay and um they're you got like s-
2: hairless apes almost but very tall and lanky rather yeah than, yeah, yeah yeah you, yeah, you yeah. Gotta, like
1: sneak by them mm-hmm. and it, it's it was a huge highlight of that game for me because i thought i had seen everything by that and i was like Mm -hmm. oh shit
2: you can stare them down too because the idea is that they won't attack you as long as you look at them as long as you don't get too close
1: Mm. that was really interesting the original
2: game it's kind of finicky the mechanic is but Mm -hmm. in redux it's a lot better okay um and uh, yeah and i just want to say too they're fucking terrifying in the book yeah um because they they do encounter them in the book and uh it's there's just this one part that's really gnarly that I want to mention really sure. quick. Where uh, his companion, so he's gone in there with this like um, this like acolyte guy who's like a scholar, and R.T.M. is in there with him to look for this thing that they're looking for, and he loses track of him, and then he hears like this moaning, this like pained moaning, and he goes and he finds him, and this is never this, a good sign. This, this 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 like acolyte dude or whatever is just kind of laying on the ground, and <laughs> the librarian has its hand. In his like innards, and is just kind of playing with him, making him make noises just <laughs> oh, out of pure oh, oh. curiosity, just kind of like, oh, Jesus Christ. It, it, yeah, it's fucking horrifying. Okay,
1: <laughs> sometimes you gotta mess around, you know, see what yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, I we do keep mentioning uh, original versus Redux. So Nick, did you want to uh, kind of delineate? Uh, between those two versions a little bit. Yeah,
2: I'm probably going to get some of this wrong and people are going to scream at me from, <laughs> from their headphones and stuff. But um, so the original game was overall much more focused on like atmosphere and sort of more survival horror. Yep, The stealth was a lot more unforgiving Mm -hmm. um the enemies actually behaved like human beings they didn't just forget that you were there five seconds after you killed somebody basically if you alerted an encounter you were gonna have to get through that encounter that way uh you could still sneak around them and not let them see you but they were very aware once you triggered them and i a lot of people don't like that they're more used to like you know modern games where it's like enemies have goldfish memory Or whatever, but which is how they did it in Redux because they updated it to be more like Last Light. That was basically the intent with the Redux version of 2033 was to make it more like the original Last Light. And then Last Light Redux just kind of like messed with some graphics. I think mainly polishes Mm -hmm. it. Um, But the models look different in Redux, and I think a lot of them look worse. The lighting is a lot brighter and just kind of like weirder. Mm -hmm. It loses a lot of that oppressive tone and a lot of that like bleakness that I think. gives the game more character because a lot of the time you hear people talk about like oh brown and gray blah, blah 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 but it actually adds to the atmosphere of the original game and i think redux takes some of that away
1: got it it's uh, it's so funny because i played the redux version and i had a great time and one of our friends played the original version. He's like, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. The original is much more Slav jank I, too. I, I, I guess yeah. it's like it matters if you had played it first or when it came out or whatever.
0: I didn't play it the Redux does. at all. I only played the original. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What I, was
2: your overall impression of the original? The original? Yeah.
0: I was very surprised, like I said, how much of a stealth game it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Like, Do you know what's so funny? There was another game that I believe came out at the same time that had a... Similar setting and similar monsters, but it was terrible. Do you guys remember that it had something to do with like opening Pandora's box and there are a bunch of monsters? What game was that? You know what I mean? Do you Legendary. Remember that? Thank you. Yeah. So fine. I remember people were saying, oh, did you, you talk about legendary? No, I'm talking about this weird game, Metro 2033, that has a similar setting and similar monsters, but it's way better.
2: Yeah. Right. Um,
0: I didn't expect this game to be as supernatural and as interesting was kind of my main takeaway. Yeah. And I thought it would be more like, like boom, boom, crunch, crunch, pump fest, yeah, but yeah. not exactly. Yeah. But for Beth, sure. Keep going.
1: No, I just, uh, I wanted to wrap kind of my thoughts on this, this first game, especially. Um, basically the ending uh, the, the bad ending is canon which is interesting yeah. which is kind of setting the stage for the next one wherein you uh, decide to bomb the Dark Ones yeah um, pretty cool the way that they handled this I guess the good ending is just that you don't I, don't, I, I never watched that yeah, I think
2: the good ending if I remember correctly is you get up to the top and then the Dark Ones are able to actually contact you and say hey don't fucking kill us we mean we mean you no harm and that's like and the then RTM the is like oh because rtm i think has the designator that's gonna guide the missiles yeah so he's the one who gets to decide if they go or not and uh, if if you get the good ending which just happens automatically um if you have enough karma points yeah. which is really hard to do if you don't know that there's a karma system exactly which is I why didn't. the bad ending is canon right um he just he just doesn't do it
0: right i was gonna say if we um encountered many games where the bad ending is the canon I can't not think of any off really. Top, off, not off the top of my head. No, I can't I was think gonna, of any. You brought up a, a point that I, I I echo, where I think because the karma system is so in the back and it's really hard to get the good ending, I think that's why they made the bad ending canon yeah. where, hey, you went out, you completed your mission, but hey, maybe you shouldn't have. Yeah. It, it, it makes it more interesting. Yeah. I feel like we always see now, you know what's so interesting about this game too? I feel like I really appreciate games that kind of do like, hey, Greg, we got you. Because yeah. I, I always consider myself to be very good at games and very like, I'm always going to get the best ending. I'm always the shit. I'm always going to play it at 100%. But with a game like Metro, I got the bad ending the first time because I didn't know the morality system existed. I had no idea, yep. and it, it's interesting how I think the developers maybe assumed a lot of players would play like that. And it, it almost like if you didn't read the books, there's even more intrigue. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. my take, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's
2: I think a really good way to sum it up is that they like you. You are the bad guy in that kind of, and that's okay because mm-hmm. that is what they're trying to show you. You're learning. And that's the point of the story. Yeah, really. and yeah. the thing is, is you can play your way out of it. But only if you kinda game the system almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, maybe
1: like a repeat playthrough would have been like like, okay, I know what I'm doing this time. That's I know I, I know. I almost feel like the it. good
0: ending is not a good ending. It's the alternative ending at the end of the DVD. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, unless you guys have anything else to add, I think I'm ready to move on to last light. Sure. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So um, yes, yeah, so the second one, um, uh, probably my least favorite of the three, but sure. still yeah. a lot that I like about it. Mm, for sure. Um, the story, as I mentioned, was guided by Dmitry Glukovsky. Um, and I w- did, I was going to bring this up in the last one, but I believe this was where it was initially implemented was all the little, uh, details and all the little, uh, commands that you can do with all your gear. Um, I believe so. Yeah, uh, like a, there's a button to wipe the uh, water or blood off of your mask. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check your wristwatch. There's the lighter. Um, all these different gadgets that aren't on the screen at all times, which is key, because it's not like distracting or overwhelming. Sure, you can just check them if you want. I love that. That goes
2: back to what I said about everything being diegetic, and yeah. that's why I love. You look, your this. battery. The HUD is yeah. very minimal. Yeah. That you one. can almost... I, I i still don't quite like the Ranger Hardcore, I think, or whatever it is, where it turns your HUD completely off. Right. Because then you don't know how much ammo you have, and there's no way to check. Which, yeah. like, you would know that as the character. Sure. So, like, there should be a little number that tells you, but... um and they get even more into this or, in Exodus, which I'll talk or about. Or you but. could
1: do uh, the King Kong tie-in game where oh, yeah. there's a button that where he says how many bullets, yeah. he has which left. is really
2: cool. That game is underrated.
0: Yeah,
1: pretty um, good, right? But yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, yeah. So yeah, you've got the lighter, you've got the you know the the map board, the objective thing, and all that. I always stuff. thought
0: that was neat. I, we I don't even think we brought this up. Um, what I think is cool about Metro is like, uh, you have to have air filters and you have to be able to, to breathe out in the, uh, the post-apocalyptic yes, yeah, wilderness. Yeah, yeah. You have to change your filters and your mask can't break or else you have to repair it, yes. which I thought was really cool. And you can
1: only repair it so many times. And they
0: do, I think an even better job as the series goes on. Agreed. With making, I felt like in the first game, I just never really had to do it because the levels ended so fast. Yeah. But in the second and third game, you really had to make sure you were on top of it,
1: which yeah. I thought was cool. A lot more longer missions, a lot yeah. more time on the surface. Yeah. Uh, as you go on. Uh, yeah, so I guess I should just uh, start off with the premise of this one, which is that uh, one of the Dark Ones survived uh, a, a baby child. one. Mm-hmm. And um, you're kind of dispatched uh, to, to go find it because Khan, who I mentioned, the spiritual guy, uh mentions, you know, like, he's like, this is your opportunity to, to right the wrong. And you're kind of at this crossroads in this game, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and they introduce who will become the love interest in this game, Anna, yes. Yep. Um, Miller's daughter.
2: Yep, uh, Colonel Miller, the leader of the Rangers. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And a good character introduction. You kind of have a playful rivalry, I guess you would call it. Um, and you're kind of chasing down this, this rogue one. Um, and you get separated and, of course, all these things happen. And this was, I thought this was awesome when you get captured by the Nazis yeah. in this one. And you see the Fuhrer very briefly. And it's his only appearance in this whole thing. I'm like, wow, there he is. <laughs> it's just like pretty <laughs> much exactly what I'd, I'd anticipate. And it's like so fascinating that their motivation is like, ex- like crushing like mutants and like... Yeah. It's it's so like it's so well considered. <laughs> they did
0: it way better than the new Wolfensteins. <laughs> don't <laughs> get me, even talk Don't about get it. me started,
1: baby. Yeah. Um. And then we, I, int- they introduce um, uh, this character that Nick and I were talking about off mic, uh, which is a fascinating character, uh, Pavel. Yeah. Who has also been captured by the Nazis, and you escape together, and he seems like a pretty cool guy. He seems like like you know, oh he's a nice little companion he, and um you you find out he belongs to the reds and once you regroup with them he turns on you. And it's such a cool dynamic. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of like, is there a movie that comes to mind where with a character like this? Not a movie, but uh,
2: I'm going to go really niche for two seconds here because mm-hmm. uh, I've been playing through them again recently. Um, the Ace Combat series. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a very famous character in Ace Combat Zero, which was a prequel to Five. Uh, he, his call sign is Pixie. He's, he's your buddy. He's your partner in that game. Uh-huh. He's your only wingman. And he betrays you halfway through the game in a pretty memorable little sequence. Mm -hmm. And then you have to fight him at the end of the game. He's the final boss and pavel kind of reminds me of that because he's this very jovial cool character who's got all these like fun moments and fun lines and shit and then he just turns on you and it's, it's like it's like, oh, it, it hurts. It's like yeah.
1: patches in the souls souls games if you they had spent a good amount of time like building up his character as a nice mm-hmm. guy it's so fascinating because you kind of like have run-ins with him over the course of the game and it's like you're it's such a great way to play with your expectations. Like yeah. A very worthwhile antagonist. Yeah. One um, of the
2: uh, major um, moral points is whether you uh, save him or not. Or right. well, whether you spare him, rather. Or not. Sure, yeah. Because you have a final duel with him, and then uh, you have him dead to rights, and you can either kill him or not.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to, to, uh, to be judged for that, I guess, one way or another. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this story is when you go to Venice... Do you remember this part where yeah. it's it's so cool because it's like a, a sewer line, I guess, and it's everything is, the reason they call it Venice is it's all uh, on rafts yep. and whatnot. And there's these giant shrimp come out to, to <laughs> attack you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I've never seen that before. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... And I, I don't think I have since. No. That was, that was an excellent part. Do you have any, like, story highlights uh, in Last Light that you're thinking about? Besides the ending, which we'll get well, to. Well,
2: I mean, bit. obviously, I, I do like all of the, um, just all of the character moments with, you know, with Pavel. And then, you know, building the relationship with Anna. Um, who, you know, is kind of a more prickly character in this one. And, like, a, yes. you know, she's a bit more of a rival. Um, which is, like, a big contrast to, um, you know, when they're together in, in Exodus. And she's a lot more warm and inviting. And kind of more fun, I guess. Yeah, she's um, kind of,
1: like, testing you out, like, yeah. you know, kind of playing with you a little bit, which was cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to just talk about also that there's a lot more... I mentioned a lot more surface time, but it reminded me a lot of Half-Life 2, and I found out that was on purpose. I'm like, <laughs> well, you, you did it. Like, it yeah. reminds me a ton of that kind of atmosphere and environment, and it's it's a... Pretty impressive how, because you consider how short like the levels in the original game were, and you you kind of get a lot more free reign in that one big swamp level. Really cool, really inventive. Yeah, style. when your
2: objective is just to get to the church. Yeah, and, exactly.
1: You know. And they don't kind of they really don't give you a clear path through yeah. like and there's there's missable stuff well,
2: and you can just keep falling into the water and stuff and like it, you feel almost clumsy sometimes yeah yeah because you it, get like a finite amount of times so you can fall into the water before a shrimp just eats you because you <laughs> have,
1: you have like um, in the first game you you have your classic arc of of starting out as this noob from like whatever station and then at the end you become a fully fledged ranger and whatever and then it's kind of how do you how do you make the character feel vulnerable again for the second one? And I think they do a great job of that because it's it's so many stuff, that, so many things that you didn't see the first time around that kind of like knocks you back on your heels. And um, it's it's just kind of overall, I consider it a not quite successful sequel. Like, like it's good. It's very good and I would recommend it, but I, I feel like it was a little bit of a letdown after the first one. Um, Probably, like I mentioned, least favorite of the three. Um, Did you guys, like, how does it stack up for you guys? Um, For
0: me, I I was trying to recall, like, what I thought when I first played it. To me, it kind of felt like one of those sequels where the gameplay is a little bit better, but I wasn't as intrigued by the intrigue. You know what I mean? The first one is just... It, I feel like I have a uh, a bigger attachment to the first one for how unexpected and strange like the story moments are with all the psychic stuff. It's more of a stealth game, which I didn't expect. Two is more of like mechanically better. It's almost like uh, what I tend to make fun of with Bioware games or, or sure. stuff like that. <laughs> it's like mechanically better, but I don't like the story as much. Yeah. So I actually don't have a lot to say about the second one other than the g- it plays like a smoother experience. Yeah. Nick, I don't know if you have more details. It, it's me. hard to talk. I really about,
2: don't. It's hard to talk about Last Light. In- in any way other than that it just adds to the combat a lot more yeah Mm -hmm. they change out how the weapons work a little bit um and you know they've added um just like a a few more ways to engage mechanically with with the gameplay systems and and narratively i would
1: say like getting you involved in like oh this guy betrayed me and then when you're chasing him and it's like yeah it's yeah that's It, it is a
2: more character driven i feel like and like personal story whereas with 2033, RTM is just kind of, he's being led around by these other characters occasionally and stuff, but it's mostly just you exploring this world kind of by yourself. Mm-hmm. If not literally, then at least metaphorically, you're kind of just learning this mm-hmm. stuff. Last slide is like, okay, now that you know how to exist as a character in this world, we're going to up the ante combat wise because now you're a ranger. Now you're expected to be able to fight. So we're going to make the fighting harder and we're going to make the, well, not, not harder. Um, harder on the character not on the player sure because you you are much more capable in, in Last Light um, as a fighter um, and the weapons just get better you get more modifications you can get like night vision scope well there were night vision scopes in the first one but like you you get m- quicker access to a larger arsenal yeah. in this one mm-hmm. just,
1: just a lot more expansion and it's kind of I guess what you'd expect from a sequel where it's like let's just kind of build upon the original mm-hmm. in a lot yeah. of ways mm-hmm um, but I did really enjoy, um, as you're getting into like the final battle, we haven't really talked much about the story and that it's kind of all about People, everybody wants the the one Dark One survivor, mm-hmm. and everybody wants uh, D six, which is the silo you found in the last one. And I thought it was really cool that that um, that location became so important once every once the cat was out of the bag, I yeah. guess. And like all these different factions are converging on it, and this is the only one that ends with like a climactic like final battle, and yeah. it's awesome. It's really cool. yeah. It, it's like really blows the doors off, like. Um, I think the first um, intrusion of of uh, what which is is it the Reds that are show show up? The first? Reds are attacking. You. Yes. Yeah. so they show up and they break through your barricade using like a metro um, train. Yep. and I'm like, what a great like imagery for this series is that like it's being used as a weapon, and that like, really yeah.
2: helps too because you you kind of. Throughout these two games, you have been given a great idea of the scarcity of resources in this world. Yeah. So when you see so much ammunition being expended, so many men dying, you're looking at this. And, the you know, stakes are high. If you're like me, you're going look at all this destruction. Like there's not a lot of us left, and there's not a lot of stuff left, and we're sitting here expending thousands of tens of thousands of rounds of ammunition. There's flying monsters the out there. You yeah. guys have
1: so much more yeah. to worry about. Yeah. It's crazy, and I love that like, they show up with the tank at one point, yeah. and you have to shoot this little tiny part in one of its treads, and it's so cool because if you don't get it right away, like I, it took me a couple tries to hit it with a sniper rifle. One of your comrades says, Artyom's not going to make it. I'm like, shut up. I got <laughs> it. Just just let me focus. It's so it's such a great moment. <laughs> one thing I want
2: to go back to really quick, I think we talked about how like there's not a lot to talk about with this game in terms of like, The story, except for like the major beats and like the character driven stuff. I I think Last Light, I hesitate to use the word suffer, but like suffered a little bit from maybe the source material not quite matching up with it because 2033 has an entire book that it bases its plot skeleton off of. Yeah. yeah, And then 2035 is the sort of inspiration for where Exodus goes. Yeah, yeah, And this 20, is 2034 really like- is nothing, like, 2034 is not adapted at all. 2034 mm-hmm. is its own thing. Last Light is kind of this middle thing that they created, I think, to bridge the gap, because they probably didn't want to do Exodus yet, because you didn't spend enough time in the Metro and with these characters to justify then leaving it. Sure. I I I
1: think it made perfect sense as a sequel story. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of diminishing returns because you've seen a lot of it already. For sure. Um, I would still recommend it. Absolutely. Um, well, I feel
0: like if you're going to play this whole franchise, you shouldn't skip it. Well, just yeah, uh, just, just
2: it is not f- a skippable game. I mean yeah, all the games not. in this series are completely highly
1: recommended, worth right? yes. playing. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, so, with that said, I am pretty much all set with Last Light, unless you guys have. Any I don't really to add. have much to add. I
2: feel like we should mention the DLCs. Okay, um, yeah, sure. I didn't play those. Okay, the, there were they were little mini stories. There's one where you play as a uh, a red line sniper. It was, I think it was actually called Comrade Sniper. Okay. Um, there was another one where you play as a different ranger. I forget which one. Um, and they, they were just like little side stories um, that just kind of gave you a little more insight into the different uh, factions and like just other things that are going on in the That's world. That's like I feel like the and best way to
1: do DLCs or other yeah. stories, you know. A little like, anthology. Um, yeah
2: it's been so long since I've played them. I don't have anything super duper detailed to say about them, but I remember enjoying them um, because they, I think it's cool too. It almost feels like deleted scenes where they're like, we had this idea for an encounter, but it doesn't fit organically in the game with our team, So we just wanted to make this like sniper level. Yeah. And like this other thing. And you know,
0: it makes perfect right, sense so. to me before um, we move on to Exodus. Can we talk about the ending of last light a little bit? Cause yeah, this sure. is where I feel like it just wasn't handled with as much. Um, the word is not with as much care as the first one. Or you know how in the first one, it's like your mission is to send this missile, uh, blow up um, dark ones. You do it, but it's maybe not the right decision. The second one... I I, I I don't like using this too much. The second one feels a little bit more video gamey to me. Did anybody yeah. else feel that? A Ooh, little. bad ending is everyone dies and you did it, but you're dead, so there won't be a sequel, but that's clearly not canon. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. yeah, oh, yeah so, yeah. like, I don't know if it was handled as well. It didn't really have, like, that moral tinge to it. It was more, like, it was kind of video game for me.
2: I think it tries to get across that you should know about the moral system now because the you have, throughout the game, you have the the young Dark One mm-hmm. uh, following you around. He's able to, like, cloak himself. Mm-hmm. Well, well, basically, I think the way they explain it is that he messes with other people's perceptions so they don't see him. Yeah. He's not actually cloaking like Predator, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he's following you around and he, 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 he is the one He dresses up who in is, a cute little outfit. Yeah, he's got a... He, he dresses himself up like a kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he can follow you around without having to cloak himself. And um,
1: Yeah, he disguises himself as a kid, like other people see yeah. him as a kid. Well, right? at one
2: point, you actually see him as a human child, right. too. Um, But he's so he's following you around and that's actually how they contextualize the the morality system in the game is that He's judging you right uh, for your actions because the the endings of the game are either the dark ones come to help the rangers at the end or they don't Right, and they they come based on his recommendation. Yeah um, Mm -hmm. Because he thinks you're worth saving.
1: I would like to briefly mention while we're kind of on the subject. I uh, I was showing uh, your brother Nick earlier the uh, the voice acting for the children in these games is really funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's very clearly an adult yeah. uh, doing a high pitched voice, and it's it's so charming. Yeah, um,
2: just one bullet, Artyom, on, please. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Um, so, with that said, you either survive or you don't at the end. And but um, you do. Yeah, clearly yes, you do clearly because there's a do. third one. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go into Metro Exodus, which took a lot longer to come out. I didn't think this would ever come out.
0: Like I don't know, maybe I just wasn't following this franchise close enough. I thought last light just kind of came and went, and then maybe they just weren't gonna make another one. I didn't realize Exodus wasn't development for a while. I thought there was just nothing. They yeah. didn't say much about it um until the announcement trailer.
2: And there was but a th- they a kinda they kinda pulled the Fallout 4. It wasn't that close to release, but when they announced it, they had like a lot to show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember the trailer. I, I think it was pre-rendered, but it looked like what the game ended up playing like. Mm-hmm. It was pretty close,
0: and it was hype as fuck. Like, it was I, only I, like I'm a year it. later. <laughs> it was. It was about a year. Exodus think. came out what five and half, or maybe? six years after Last Light came out. Was yes. it What was Exodus twenty nineteen? Twenty nineteen. Yeah. So yeah,
1: yeah and I yeah. remember that trailer uh, like watching E three or something, and it was like a very bleak showing besides that yeah i was like oh cool i I should get into those Mm -hmm. and it was like a rampaging bear that's something we didn't talk about the bear in last slide is awesome or just the
2: monsters in general well well yeah but
1: but it like there's that kind of uh ecosystem developing and you know you think about the russian significance of the bear and how you have that mutual respect with it Mm -hmm. pretty cool one of my
2: favorite moments is I, i think it's i think it's bourbon in 2033 he says, uh, some people call them demons. I call <laughs> them bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. Demons came, are the flying ones. This, I, I think they're the, muta- the mutated bats, I believe. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Um, Essentially gargoyles. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot yeah. of cool. What's interesting cool though. Designs. And I, I brought this up earlier with the moral system though, is that a lot of the mutants attack you on site, like the scripted ones, like the, um, the moles, uh, they're called, mm-hmm. uh, um, Nassalis, I believe, or Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, there's different ones. Um, a lot of the mutants when you're out in the world won't automatically attack you. Like mm-hmm. when you're up, when you're up above, mm-hmm. um, there's actually a lot of encounters, especially in last light, I believe that you can bypass. If yeah. you just, if you kind of read their, their growls as like an animal sign to stay away, like warning rather yeah. than what most games are, which is that everything with teeth attacks you automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can actually avoid a lot of fights that way. It's just refreshing
1: to see them handled that way. Yeah. Um, while we are on the subject of the surface, most of of this third game takes place on it. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is very cool. Uh, I would like to start from the very beginning um, where there is sort of a conspiracy uh, where they have been kind of um, the... the What are, what are they called? Uh, the Hanza. Yes. They are they are the, the mercantile... They are the merchant's guild. Yeah. Um,
2: they're basically the Metro Illuminati. <laughs> they, they've <laughs> been, they've been
1: that. hiding that there is a, a somewhat somewhat stable outside world um, that is habitable um, outside of the Metro. And they've been... This is basically the plot of Metro 2035. The Where book. there's a world outside of Moscow. Yeah, and whereas it's this big, sort of long intrigue uh, in the book, it is kind of just the prologue of this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you find out about it very quickly. And then I thought it was so cool because I had read the book by that point. I was like, yeah. oh, they're doing this. And then it it is really like... It's it's kicks off right away yeah. mm-hmm. and it's crazy.
2: Well, the motivation for doing it, uh, at least in the book, if I remember correctly, was that they were afraid that if people knew, too many people would leave, and then the metro wouldn't be able to sustain itself because they'd created an economy. Yeah, and each station needed a certain amount of people to do certain things, and if you if too many too many people left to go start a new life, then the metro would collapse. Right. And, and then, yeah, there, there's
1: a lot of kind of underhanded um, stuff going on, and it's. Um, it's awesome that that whole escape sequence where you escape from the metro is is fucking bonkers. Yeah, I
0: mean the essentially like the intrigue of the game is like, um, th- like Moscow or something was radio jamming its own public so they wouldn't get incoming signal. Yeah, yeah. Then it, don't you like accidentally stop the jam or something like that? Something goes happens wrong like in the it, beginning. It malfunctions. Yeah. yeah. In the or prologue, R-
2: like R T M has been like almost getting himself sick with radiation mm-hmm. because I think he got like. A signal for like a second. Yeah, that's right. And he's, he's been outside. spending too much time on the surface to the point where Anna's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, that's right. And eventually, he, on one he, he of your keeps Sojourns. getting uh,
1: transfusions. They're like, "Dude, you yeah. got to stop this." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then
2: eventually, um, I believe he accidentally or somebody accidentally like destroys the jammer or like uh, damages the jammer, mm-hmm. yeah. and you get like a full transmission. And then everybody confronts. I believe Miller was in on it, right? He knew.
1: Yes, but in the in the book, he's like a very bad guy, and in this one, he's like a good guy, like a very like kind of guy you look up to. Well,
2: because in the book, he's 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 crippled at the end of twenty thirty three, I believe, Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's
1: very just bitter and like he's he's like lost his legs. Doesn't he lose his legs in Last Light in the games? No. Now am I thinking no. of something else? No, he's he's fully Man. intact. In, in I'm in like Exodus. you now, like where the lore is yeah, like blending together. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But um no, I love that hole where you uh the Aurora is the train yeah. that yeah. you're mm-hmm. on for the whole game, and you just kind of like barrel ass out of there. You have to have this huge gunfight. It's really cool. Um and the shooting in Exodus is a step up.
2: It's way better. It's, it's so good. Extremely the tight. Gun, the gunplay feels good. Really
1: not only good. that, it looks great. It look mm-hmm. like one of the best looking games of of like because this was pre, you know.
2: It was one of the first ray tracing games on PC. Pre this. Mm-hmm.
1: This was last generation. Yep. It was. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It looks beautiful. Um, I did want to say before we get too far into the plot, it's pretty cool that this one has like nothing to do with the dark ones at all. Like uh, after they were so yeah. important in the first two.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you brought that up, dude. I had in my notes here that it try it tells a more like uh humanity story or more yeah. like just people to people. Yeah. Because now I I can't I'm trying to think there's gotta be like a a movie or a game that has done the, no, there's a world outside of our world, and now we've discovered it. Yep. I just can't think of one off the well, top I mean, of my head. Well, I mean, if you want a
2: bad movie, The Village. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: you know what sucks? You're right. <laughs> you're definitely That's pretty weird. much it, right? You're, you're right. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was like, I, I, I did like the game, but I feel like you guys are a little bit higher on it than me. So I'm going to, I just, I'd like to hit just some very basic points about sort of, about uh, this of, one. of Exodus, yeah, yeah. um it's so like this, I like how the you know, it, I like the intrigue how there's a world outside of Moscow and you're you're gonna go find a new place to live. But it's at certain points, it kind of stops feeling like a metro game and more like they're doing this sort of big open environment thing, and it's not the claustrophobic metro that maybe like, I don't want to say that's what the game's all about. But it, I don't know if, like, the vision and the gameplay align for me all the time. But, Beppe, I don't want to detract from uh, no, the, uh, I, I mean, the I, train you have
1: us on here. So to speak. <laughs> yeah, so to speak. Yeah, no, I think, um, Nick, did you want to uh, add some? Initial oh. thoughts well, about this? Well, I guess
2: uh, some of my initial thoughts and also kind of a reaction to what you're saying. I can see what you're saying. I think there's enough times where you go into bunkers yeah. and like mm-hmm. there's the um, so basically the way the game is structured, um, not to step on Deppi's, uh shop talk, but like it's structured where you go to like big open hub where there's side quests and like stuff to find stuff to do. And then, like, the in-between missions are, like, linear set yes. pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the one where you get captured by the cannibals. Yes. And you have to fight your way out. One of my favorite sections of the game, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you great. just absolutely wreck their shit. Yep. Like, I, I love how terrified they sound when they realize they've just captured, like, a bunch of, like, special forces soldiers. And you just, rip and you just absolutely rip through them. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. it's, uh like, so th- there's enough sections like that where you go into, like, mutant-infested dark sure. areas. Sure.
1: I just thought, like, I, th- I was very ready for a, something new after mm-hmm. the second one was kind of like doing it again. That's where I kind and of it,
0: feel like my impasse is where I wanted something new, but I'm not sure if like the gameplay systems they had in place and how big, especially with the desert beach map kind of turned me yeah, off yeah. a little I where think, I didn't um, know. I didn't know if this was aligning.
1: Well, to me it, it aligned very well because sure. it, it, um, it encapsulated the survival aspect mm-hmm. pretty perfectly because I think this uh, we're, we're going to get into further detail with each one of them but um, I thought the first two maps were very much what I'm looking for with an open world game. Yeah, yeah me where, too. Where you are exploring the map and finding these interesting locations and being rewarded meaningfully sure yeah. where you're yeah. getting gear that changes the way you play the game fun- yes. it's not just like oh i found some it's almost
2: d- metroid-esque yeah, 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 yeah. Of, it's yeah. not
1: just like oh i found a couple filters you do find stuff like that like little caches occasionally but then it's like like something game changing yeah, in, yeah. when you go to like a you know a bigger base or something yeah
0: it has the perfect drip feed of upgrades in yeah terms yeah of yeah, like yeah they do a, uh, the best job I think in Exodus about the little drip drip because yeah. you find like meaningful upgrades but you can only use one
2: at a time so it's like you can wear one type of chest piece that has different properties like one lets you carry more health items one lets you carry more ammo one lets you carry more uh, like throwing weapons mm-hmm. yeah it's balanced um, pretty well and then like you know you have weapons that you can mod on the but you can only do certain minor mods in the field. Other time, like other stuff, you have to go to a workshop and, and like out in the field. Um, one thing I, I wanted to say, my so I, I reviewed this game um, back when I was writing at Cultured Vultures. I believe it was actually the final review that I did mm-hmm. before I stopped writing there. Um, and the first thing, and I, I believe I said this in the review too, the first thing I thought when I got to like the first hub in this game uh, after like a couple of hours was that uh, it it felt to me like a a mesh of all the best parts of like far cry 2 Mm -hmm. and uh the stalker series oh sure um both of which i'm huge fans of and also um a lot of the metro developers worked on stalker previously and stalker is one of my favorite probably one of my top like five games Mm -hmm. ever because you have like all of the diegetic interfaces, you have the map that you physically pull out, you have all of this stuff that, and
1: like the game never takes you out of it. I forgot Mm -hmm. in Far Cry 2 they had the map. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Far Cry
2: 2 is kind of the lost game that's really fucking good that nobody really talks about anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: fell through the cracks. Um,
2: Because of the three, onward yeah <laughs> uh four is my favorite but yeah um so yeah uh, yeah like it just it reminded me so much of like because i was just so immersed in the world because at no point do you ever feel like the game is saying hey i'm a video game sure here's this video game ass thing you got to do it's like no look at your map you pull the map out and you know hey you need to like burn that spider web away and you'd go click with your lighter and burn it away and you see it physically you know,
0: the game always keeps you in the physicality of the character in the world. Yeah. Something that I thought was interesting. We were talking about upgrades. I like how some of them are missable. Like you can't yep. get, you don't have to get everything mm-hmm. when you're right. exploring, which I thought was neat. It's not just handed to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it and, doesn't hurt
1: you either. Like they yeah. don't say like,
2: Oh, you don't have this gun. You can't beat this boss. It's like, mm-hmm. right.
1: Yeah. I actually ran into a roadblock that I wanted to bring up. Sure. It was very tense for me because I didn't have a good save. Um, was the part? I guess we're gonna get into the first map here, which is the uh, the Volga. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's like kind of during springtime. I believe um, so. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's some things are thawing out, and um, Anna, uh, who is now your wife, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. falls through a, a hole, mm-hmm. uh, in, into like an old bunker or something, yep. and it's very. Uh, it kind of kicks off the plot of the rest of the game. Is very irradiated, and I was down there and i didn't have much filter time left oh. and there wasn't i think you find one down there or something and it was like you're surrounded by the human uh, humanimals or whatever <laughs> the yep. strange i guess they're like ghouls from fallout yeah or they're basically just
2: irradiated, horrible feral humans yeah, yeah
1: and that part was really tough for me because I, I really had to game it to get out of there so i guess that's something where you can kind of screw yourself if you're not like super prepared and you mm-hmm. don't have like a save. Before you almost you soft get lock yourself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that was a tough part for me. But overall, I really enjoyed um, that map. Yeah. Um, especially like the church and the, the starfish. Yeah. You know, which was ripped up. Was the horrible game we just played? Um, oh, Resident Evil 8? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Dog yes. Yes. Shit. yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Done much better in this which game. Which
2: itself is reminiscent of four with yeah the, with, which is uh, lago it's yeah that <laughs> circle of of influence
1: there yeah but no it's like poetry this was, it rhymes the <laughs> <is there>. yeah <laughs> it's it's a feedback loop yep. it uh it's cool because you see it a couple times beforehand yeah 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 and it kind of builds up the suspense um did you have any uh kind of highlights of that area you guys of Volga yeah um, I think Basically, anytime you meet a new character,
2: but also I think my favorite combat encounter on that was actually early on when you first meet um, Katya, mm-hmm, uh, sure. the the woman who's being held by the the cult. Yes, the um like the the basically troglodytes or whatever the mm-hmm. or no sorry the luddites the guys that just like hate technology. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and so you go up into the church tower and you you find her and her daughter. You know she's like, hey, get us out of here, and you're like, yeah, I got a train. I'll bring you back to the train. Because um, that's basically this whole game is you're bringing upgrades, resources, and other characters back to this train right. yeah. to, to mm-hmm. expand your uh, influence and expand your um, your party. And so as you're leaving, uh, you have like a, you know, encounter with a bunch of the cultists and you can choose to not kill them or kill them or whatever. Yeah. And I remember I was sneaking around beating a bunch of them up and uh, knocking them out and shit. And then like one of them very briefly turned and saw me. And he had just enough time to cry out Before I like crushed his throat (laughs) And then So the other guys all started shooting at me And I was just like well shame And so I, it, what's cool though, and this is something that they introduced in this game. I don't think the other game. No, the other games did it. They would surrender. But this was one of the first times I really had like a good that was, where the enemies surrendered.
1: That was a big point there, yeah. Because I,
2: I there were I think there was like five guys left, we'll say, and I think I it, like within five seconds just went pop 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 and just killed three of them, and the
1: last two were like, oh shit, no. Yeah, no, if no, you no, yeah, if they yeah, intimidate <laughs> them, and I feel like more games should do they that. They really should. That's mm-hmm. so cool. And
2: so I and I, I I held. I was like, okay, they're surrendering, so I went over and just knocked them out and yeah and left and the game empowers you to do that and um i feel like this game more than the other two is a little more lenient because they've expanded the combat system in the open world yeah. so much they're a lot more lenient with the morality points
1: i also felt um, like the that was probably a result of like the budget is clearly much higher they're probably mm-hmm. aiming for a much wider audience with this one and they're going to be a little more forgiving when it comes to that. Yeah, um,
2: there's a point later on that I'll talk about when we get to near the end of the game, where I thought for sure that I had gone over the edge <laughs> um, because yeah. it, it, it tracks the individual morality of each area based on, um, and then it, and then it uses that to determine a character's fate at the end of yeah. each area. Yeah, and I thought for sure I was going to lose one of them, but mm-hmm. I actually didn't, and mm-hmm. I uh, we could talk about that in a few minutes when we get to that point.
1: Yeah, no, I th- I thought so too. In a lot of places, um, each chapter has that that going. For it um, but in the the next area I believe is the desert Caspian
2: Sea it's a dried up, it's the dried-up Caspian Sea yeah. yes. mm-hmm. yeah. very very my it's my favorite area of the game
1: it's I, very I cool. think Wow, th-
0: this is where you and I contrast I think I, I, I love
1: yeah. I, I love
2: deserts yeah
1: so. I think <laughs> it's the most fully developed area for better or worse whether you like it or not um, a lot of like Fury Road kind of vibes because yeah. you're driving around a lot um you can play with the ai a lot in this one it's yeah. very cool kind of get yourself into the trouble. faction
2: uh fight that's going on there is really cool because you have like the uh, is it like the one the, with the slavers yes. yeah yeah it, it's the slavers and the, like the rebelling slaves and everything yeah.
1: they're they're picking apart they're um kind of uh, salvaging this this crash yeah, uh, yeah. Ship. Mm-hmm. and then um the baron is uh mm-hmm. controlling the area and I thought that was so cool that that missable subplot with like the fake, the fake Baron, like, yeah, like yeah guy that you kill is actually the fake one, and the real one is like sitting on a he's just chilling in a lawn chair. Yeah,
2: I found him like just like side questing, and I was like, "Who are you? Who is this? <laughs> yeah, Wait like Spider Man meme. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah,
1: isn't there like a clue with like the radio or something? Yeah, if you listen yeah. to a
2: certain radio broadcast or something, you can pick out that it's like not him or something Mm -hmm.
1: i I love that like because that's just a reward for exploring that is like a story point and it's it's cool because it kind of changes your understanding of that so greg you didn't like this part really
0: no i think what started to happen with me is i started to sort of see the gameplay loop and i didn't love how metro went from being this very tight experience to being like Oh, I'm going to another open area. There are probably gonna be side quests. I believe, do you drive a vehicle around yeah, the desert? Yeah, you too? get a little like Volkswagen not van my, thing. Not my favorite. Like I kinda liked I, I don't know. Also, it's my bias, I think, where I don't know if I've ever brought this up on the podcast. I don't love vehicle sequences in games. I wanna be my character. I wanna rock walk around in the boots. Mm-hmm. Like I just I don't love it because I feel like we're starting to get away from what the the mantra of Metro is a little bit too far. Okay. Uh, just a little I mean, I don't I I didn't I did not don't make fun of me. I did not think this game was bad. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like when I started seeing the loop of it goes from big area to linear area to big area, I started saying, oh, okay, well, this is I'm going to have to have a checklist of stuff I mean, like to a pre- do. A predictable.
1: Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. I don't yeah.
2: want to step on the order of things here, but did you like the last? Did you like the Taiga better?
0: Um, was that the um, that's the forest, the, crossbow? the Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I because did. That, um, that's a lot more linear. Like, like we're gonna. It was. I thought it was a little tighter. Yeah. When we get to the desert, is. I just thought it was a little bit checklisty. For yeah. me, that's just my. I, I feel like I'm, the way it is is yeah. that
2: the game opens up a little bit and previews with the with Volga, and it's like, hey, here's what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Then Caspian, the D- D- desert is like, here's huge. what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it, and then it gets smaller again. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. goes yeah. like tight, bigger, huge
0: tight. That's why I feel like you know, I was more yeah. partial to the beginning and end okay. of the game. Yeah.
2: The that makes perfect sense. Personally. I, I think you yeah. just explained it. Well, I, I don't agree, but I, yeah. I you've explained yeah, yeah, yeah. it and that, that sure. makes sense to me.
1: Yeah. I, I, um, I would didn't... like stalker. I think. Yeah, I probably would. I because play it's
2: it. a series of interconnected, smaller areas yeah. that you can explore, but it's, it's still like, you know, there are encounters that you are kind of not funneled towards, but because the game world is literally alive. It's actually really cool. I enjoyed the the, the
1: freedom uh, of the earlier chapters. But I, so basically I'm going to, so that was the summer one. So the fall one is the woods Mm -hmm. um, where you get the crossbow. And this is actually, I mean, this is a good area, but it is definitely like, kind of a big hallway yeah. where it's yeah. like your point a to point b very linear um and i remember talking to you nick at the time about this is another issue with the morality system is they give you this awesome weapon and if you want the good ending you can't use it yeah 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 well, because
2: in every area what they what they did a really good job of doing uh, of except in the taiga area which is the uh, sorry the um th- that's what the biome yeah. is but, um, yeah yeah the forest area is there's always a, a a a a what what's the word I'm looking for here a gu- guilt free murder factor. sure 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 yeah. in each of just like you can just fucking grease Gen- these guys generic bandits shoot exactly yeah. and then in taiga they kind of pull that back where there are some guys that you can just kill. But a, but most of your encounters are going to be with um What are they like the the children? Yes, um, they were pretty cool yeah, who were like the descendants of a class that was on a field trip. Yeah, and there was like a, <laughs> the, 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 there was a teacher who had them out there when like the nukes went off or something. And so they have like diaries and like records of his teachings. And he was the one who taught them how to survive. Out yeah, there and yeah, gave them neat. rules and stuff. It's a really cool little bit of lore. And this is actually the part where I thought I was going to lose um, Alyosha, I believe is the character yeah, that yeah. You, you can lose in that one. Because, uh, well, you don't lose him. I think he gets crippled or something. Um, yes. If it, but uh, I didn't. But what I thought was going to happen was that he was going to get shot or whatever because... Um, there's a part when you're in like their little tree village. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of near the end before you fight the final boss. Yeah. Um, which is the giant bear again. (laughs) I have a funny um, story about that, but keep going. So, uh, I was kind of like you said, I was soft locked into a bad save Mm -hmm. where they, they hadn't outright detected me, but they knew something was up because they found a body or Mm -hmm. well, like a, a knocked out person. Yeah. And so I basically just had this checkpoint and nothing else. And I was like,
0: fuck yeah
2: and so I kept trying to just run out because I didn't want to kill any of them and I kept just trying to run and I there was one guy at the end like blocking the only way out with a shotgun. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, I can't make it past this guy. Yeah, so I I, I was like, sorry, bud, and I just fucking took him down. Mm-hmm. I and
1: was I was like, I um, didn't
2: get dinged for it. Yeah, so I was like, okay.
1: <laughs> it was one of those <laughs> things where because I didn't get the good ending of either of the first two games, but I was very committed to the non-lethal. Batman lifestyle where you're just knocking yeah. people out. I'm like, I should have just had fun. Like if I wasn't gonna get the you, good honestly, probably anyway. would have gotten the good
2: <laughs> endings of each area because I killed a lot of folks in this game. Right. And as long as you kind of think about like just not being a fucking psychopath. Yeah. And also like this game is a lot. We haven't really talked about the characters very much, but like this game is about. You're basically your little family. Your caravan on the, on
0: the train. Your caravan on yeah. the
2: train. You have all your rangers. You have Anna, and you pick up Katya and uh, her her daughter. Yeah. And uh, her, you know, little kid. You can get her teddy bear from a demon. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. 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 That was so cute. Um. And uh, you have to do like a boss fight to get her teddy bear. Yeah. But um. And it's uh. Like I I loved all the characters in this. Yeah. Uh. Because it, I think because of almost like the awkward translations and like some of the weird deliveries of the English dialogue. Yeah. Um. You, I, I played. The it in Russian too but uh, I love the English dialogue and I think all the characters in this have their own special little things mm-hmm. um, and so I found them all really charming and you're, so you're just
1: like on a little pilgrimage escaping yeah, yeah. from persecution absolutely um, the thing about the um,
0: I, I want to talk about the bear boss battle Oh, very, you, very, were, very yeah, prof- I remember you remember this you were, you were messaging me I was, messaging and and I was like I don't know why you're it's having a so problem so funny <laughs> so I don't know if you guys do this like I I, I I I've said this so many times on this show I consider myself to be very good at games <laughs> and whenever like if I get any any game over screen, I get a little irritated. <laughs> I like doing everything in one try. But yep. so this is what I do when I game. If if I if I know like uh, a hit just killed me, I automatically start and reload. Okay. I never let the death animation yep. play. But in the bear boss fight, there is a scripted death animation, and I kept thinking he killed me. And I was messaging Beppy, "Hate this fucking boss. How do you do this? Fuck this. Yeah. He's not even getting anywhere close to me. I fucking hate this." Then <laughs> I'm like, "Wait a minute. Is it on purpose?" And I said to Beppy, "I take back." everything the game is great like i take it (laughs) back because i i I always start and quick load every game i play because it pisses me off and i just want to redo it again okay you gotta let it play
1: out at least once i never let let things play really funny just to make sure you're not that is something i don't
2: necessarily like though is is you're doing really well, so here's a scripted sequence where you're not to move on to the next. Yeah, part. yeah, sure. Yeah. Or like it, you know, like uh, what, what's it, I think it's like a JRPG cliche mm-hmm. or whatever, where it's like you just absolutely beat the fuck out of this boss, but in you're not the, supposed to kill him yet. So in y- the cutscene, cut like, kills you your or ass. Something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old
1: Jinichiro. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, um, I loved that. So basically, the the radiation poisoning from earlier is is affecting Anna, and over the course of the game, she gets worse and worse, and Pretty cool that it ends, kind of. You know, you're back in a in a metro sort of situation in the city in the winter, um, and you have to go in there with Miller. And I I loved that this was such a small scale. Yeah, kind yeah, of thing, really cool. Uh, that that each of these games play like the end game plays out completely differently. And it's like the last one was this epic battle, and this one is like you're looking for medicine for your wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and you have to go through like the science institute with the fucking gorillas. Yeah. Well, I was like um, blind was, like, ones. Are yes. These, are
1: these librarians, but they're just uh Harambe's descendants. Yes. Yeah. It's
2: if you let them on fire, it's fine. They just die. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, cool. yeah. Um, but no, they're fucking they're terrifying,
0: terrifying. It was a though. really cool way to, to sort of as a final level. I don't want to call it an ironic final level, but kind of, you're kind of doing a throwback to the original. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really love
2: the way that that whole thing plays out too where like you're in the bunker with um what's his uh, the kid Sasha I think his name is the the little boy. Yeah. Yes. Um he actually connects back to one of the DLCs too. Um, I thought one of the, the maybe the first game One of the too, DLCs though? is called The Two Colonels and mm-hmm. you play as his father um, during that Metro's downfall. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you also play as Colonel Miller um, simultaneously with Artyom um, at yeah, the end of the game. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um but uh, yeah, I, I I love that whole ending area except for the boat, the boat part yeah, at the end sure. uh, with those annoying fucking tentacles and shit. Oh, I, I totally hated that part. Yeah, actually, that really part really infuriated me. But um, I think the ending is kind of a tearjerker. Oh, yeah, uh, it's sure. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, I honestly, like a... I was I was getting misty eyed. One of my
1: favorite because um, if you you know if if you have enough dudes, um, they'll give you they'll give you a blood transfusion and save you. You know, one last time because he's. They're they're making a big deal out of it in the beginning. Like you keep relying on other people for your to, for your blood because you keep getting yourself poisoned. Yeah. But um, you're doing it, you know, selflessly to save your wife. And then like if you have enough of your dudes, they will contribute. Yeah. Because you only um, had you
2: only had one dose of the radiation goo to or the anti radiation. goo yes. To help her. Yes.
1: Um, and, um, yeah,
0: because doesn't, before you even get to the, um, to the, to the moral consequence, getting out of that place with the medicine, uh, because uh, whoever, who are you Are you with Miller? With yeah. Miller? Because he doesn't survive. Right? Yeah. In, he, yeah.
1: Well, he, he sacrifices himself to yeah, get to you out. S- Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Because that's kind of that, tearjerker that like number a, one. Yeah. It's
1: like a car ride and it's like very. Kind yeah. You're of, in the
0: car with him. That's what oh it is. I, I think there's like,
2: there's like two doses. He gives you one that's enough for you to survive, but not like you're still going to die later. And yeah. one is for Anna. One is for Anna. So it's like, he, He's like, you know, you take this and, you know, you go on and then he like, I think you pass out and you wake up and like you're there, but he's dead. Yeah.
0: And then like when you sort of come to consciousness, you're in the train and that's where your moral, your moral choices come together. Where if you save, I don't know the exact math. If you saved either everyone or enough people, you will survive the ending. It's like two out of
1: the three. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's two. um, I don't think
0: you need everyone.
1: No, and this is my favorite kind of ending to this trilogy. Is that where you? Um, it's a happy ending if you if you did it right, but uh, at great cost and very like you went through absolute hell to get there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like very a very well earned happy ending. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. I would strongly recommend uh, this trilogy. I mean, uh, we kind of spoiled the whole thing, but yeah. But I, mean, I mean,
0: I feel like you do kind of get to the end of your quest, where the the really the goal was you're trying to find an, a an, a a uh, what's the word a clean or unirradiated place a habitable to live, place, a, a habitable basically. place to live, which you, you do. You end up finding it. Yeah, oh, that's great. Which is really nice. Um,
1: yeah, I guess I I would maybe. If I were to grade these games, oh sure, Are we in
0: final thoughts grades.
1: Yeah, yeah. we should we should uh, we're up against it. We should uh, get into grades. Can I briefly
2: just mention the other DLC for
0: yeah, Exodus? sure, um, why not? It, it was called uh, Sam's story. Um, one of yeah. your
2: one of your rangers is a man named Sam. He was a uh, U.S. Marine at the um, U.S. Embassy in Moscow when the when the nukes hit. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually joined uh, the the Rangers um, and became Colonel Miller's bodyguard. Got he's he's one of the cooler characters in the game. He's, he's voiced um, by the
1: guy who does. Uh, he's on the Logic albums. The yeah. narration <laughs> <Yeah>. on, <laughs> on on, uh, on um, Logic's album, and
2: he. Uh, so you play as him in Sam's story because after the end of Exodus. He decides he wants to try to go back to America because he hears rumors that um, his father might still be alive in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So he wants to go to San Francisco, and you end up in Vladivostok, which is a coastal city on the East Coast. Yes, and there's Mm -hmm. a submarine there, and there's a guy, there's an American there, um, who says that uh, he's uh, they're going to America with this submarine, and he'll take you. Got it. Um, And you have to do some some stuff for him, Mm -hmm. but then there's like who is this guy and how did he come across this submarine and like all this stuff. And, um, the new area is really cool. It's kind of reminiscent of the Volga a Mm -hmm. little bit. It's like that same sort of like coastal area, like waterlogged. You get, um, you get a boat. Um, Sam plays the harmonica instead of the guitar. Mm -hmm. Really cool. You get a lot of uh, harmonica songs. You can just chill. Um, new weapons really fun there's a new handgun and a new rifle that are really fucking cool mm-hmm. um, and it's just a nice tight little maybe like six seven eight hour okay uh, DLC story highly recommend it highly recommend the two colonels' tearjerker that one too mm-hmm. um, and because you, you know, know how that ends for both of them when he mm-hmm. when uh, he
1: finally gets to San Francisco he meets the mutant Tommy Wiseau yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the real twist at the end I mean oh
0: well, hi Sam <laughs> now that we're, we're up against it you guys want to do quick uh, the new trend on the season is we're grading. Yeah, So grading. for uh, me, I do letters. I letters? mean, for okay. Beppe, yeah, you do numbers. Did you want to give us your grade for the franchise as a whole or individual games? What did you want to do?
1: I would say like 878. Eight, okay. Something like that. Oh, oh,
0: oh, are we doing like Olympic scores for like for like uh, <laughs> yeah. the judges give uh, all the numbers? Exactly. Um, That's a really good question. It's you know what? I might give you the same response. For me, it's, so it's probably the same, like eight seven eight or eight six eight, maybe something yeah, like that. Yeah,
1: like, like your, your B and, and C. Yeah. So
0: let me think. I tend a. to grade things. For me, it's like B, C plus, and B. For me, probably. Nick, you want to go ahead? Um, twenty
2: thirty three is I think I think uh I think an eight. Okay. Um, uh, maybe an eight point five. Okay. Eight point five. Okay. Uh, Last light is a is a seven point five. Hmm. Um. And Exodus is, an, uh, I think I gave it a nine. Okay. Um, nine. When sure. I reviewed it, so I would say a nine still.
0: I um, you know, thank you guys for uh, taking the time to talk about Metro. Um, mm. really cool trilogy, a trilogy I really just stumbled upon, didn't expect. You guys read the books, you're very yeah. knowledgeable. I highly uh,
2: recommend the books too. Very, yeah. de-
0: very depressing, so be ready. But yeah, <laughs> Nick, thanks uh, for joining us once again. Appreciate I, your time. My pleasure. Love being here. And uh, we will see you guys next time on Goddamn GameCube. Thank you so much.